Coming up, we'll dive deep into the analytics section to see just where Corey Eliason's uh, 2020 All-Star season has gone wrong. Uh, let's go. Today is Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. Over at DirtTracker.com, one of the main parts of the site that takes up quite a bit of my time is the analytics section. I feel like you can't fully understand what's happening in racing without at least some basic numbers and stats, but I obviously went well beyond that with what's in there. Numbers don't tell the whole story as everyone wants to tell you, but they can help paint the picture. And when you get questions about specific situations or drivers, we can dig in and see where things went well, or in this case, have gone badly. I've been loving the All-Star Circuit of Champions season so far, as we've gotten some really great racing, and I think we could have a tight points battle through the summer. We've talked about this a little bit. The All-Stars, I think, don't get enough attention and conversation nationally, uh, but if you aren't watching these races, you are definitely missing out right now. A lot of great 410 sprint car action. Benny asked in the YouTube comments yesterday if I could dig into Corey Eliason's all-star season so far as he's been struggling a bit. So let's dive in today and look at some numbers to see if we can figure out where that 2016 uh, 26 team has gone wrong this season. The Redeen squad has been full-time with the all-star since 2019, and in that first year, they finished third in the standings behind Aaron Reitzel and Dale Blaney. They were then second in 2020 to Reitzel, and I thought for 2021, they would be the team to beat with Reitzel off to run the Outlaws full-time with Roth, uh, Roth Motorsports. But in the end, it was Tyler Courtney bagging the championship in his rookie season, and Eliason was again left to finish second. For 2022, I said back in April that I thought he and Justin Peck would be Sunshine's main competition for the season, but so far that's only been 50% correct. Courtney currently leads Peck, Hunter Schoenberg, and Parker Price Miller in the standings, while Eliason has been a complete non-factor and is way down the order in eighth. They are currently 196 points adrift of the Clawson Marshall team. So 196 points, that's 98 positions if you figure about two points per position. And with 34 race nights left still on the schedule, uh, you're looking at Eliason would have to average beating Courtney by nearly three spots per race to get back to the top. That's a lot of positions. Through 18 all-star races so far, Eliason has one win, three top fives, and eight top tens with an average finish of just 12.17. And just for some comparison, Sunshine is averaging just a tick under a fifth place finish for the season right now at 4.94. And unfortunately for Eliason, their one win they do have came at East Bay, which wasn't a points paying event. So they didn't even basically get the points for winning that race. In the 16 races since things started counting for real at Attica in April, Eliason has just two top fives and nine finishes outside the top 10. And if you want to kind of look at their all-star season today, 2020 has really been their best season. And since then, it's been kind of downhill. That year, they had three wins and an average finish of 8.3. But in 2021, it was two wins and that average finish dropped to 9.9. And now this year, they're down even further. The trouble for them uh, right now appears to be out of the gates with qualifying. Versus last season, Eliason is time trialing on average more than four positions worse. That's a big hole to put yourself in to start the night. And things aren't getting better in heat races. Through these first 18 events, Eliason is actually negative for the year in heat race plus minus at minus nine. That basically means on average once, or not on average, but a total for the season that once heat races start, he's actually backing up positions. That's one of the worst heat race plus minuses in the entire series. 
So qualifying worse, then going backwards in heat races, definitely not a recipe for success. And that has led to feature starts uh, that are about two and a half positions further back than a year ago. He's also not really going anywhere come feature time with a total feature plus minus of just plus two. And following those two opening nights at Attica, the team got themselves in a hole with a five race stretch between Bloomsburg Fair and Sharon where their best finish was 11th and they had two races outside the top 20. It looked like maybe they had it, uh, figured something out starting in I-96 because they then ripped off five straight top 10s, but the Weikert weekend at Port Royal was tough with results of 18th and 15th. They bounced back at Attica leading laps and ending up second behind Zeb Wise, but Saturday at Atomic, they were way off the pace come feature time, and I think they just eventually pulled off late. They were credited with a 24th place uh, finish. And unfortunately for them, I think the All-Stars as a series is better and deeper than it was a year ago. So it'll be tough to climb out of that hole they're uh, so uh, they're in so early on here. Courtney continues to be really consistent with 16 top 10s in those 18 races. Justin Peck and Hunter Schoenberg also continue to get better. And PPM has emerged as a legit nightly contender. Throw in plenty of other guys that can win, including names like Cap Henry and Bill Baylog, and you can see easily here why this could be a tough summer for the 2016. We know this group is capable of winning races and competing at the front, but something has definitely changed over the last 24 races. Since night two of the Tusky 50 at Port last year, they have 13 finishes outside the top 10 with just uh, the one win and four top fives. They'll have plenty of races coming up to try and find some speed as Ohio Sprint Speed Week starts Friday night at Attica. And if you want to dive into these numbers for yourself, you can head over to dirttracker.com slash analytics. And if you want to get even more, uh, if you see some of the blue stuff uh, on those analytics pages, uh, you can get all of that with um, a subscription to Dirt Tracker Plus, a bunch of advanced analytics, uh, def uh, more stat tools, all kinds of things like that, $4.99 a month or $49.99 a year. And speaking of Ohio Sprint Speed Week, Stephanie Linder is again organizing ways to help teams out during the week. If you want to get involved with donations or quarters or snacks or whatever, go find at StephLinder312 on Twitter. She's got all kinds of ways that folks can uh, get involved to help teams during Ohio Sprint Speed Week. Short Track Super Series was supposed to be in action tonight at the Bloomsburg Fair Raceway in Pennsylvania, but weather has pushed that racing to tomorrow. The event is both a North region and a South region race with the 50 lap feature paying $7,000 to the winner. Danny Creeden currently has a slight two point advantage over Matt Shepard uh, in the North region standings and Ryan Godown leads Shepard by five points in the South region. I wanted to mention this today uh, because there is a reasonable chance that this show kind of gets lost in the mix with the million at Eldora starting tomorrow night. Also, there were uh, supposed to be 410 sprint cars at Big Diamond Speedway tonight for 5,000 win, but that show has also been canceled because of weather. So it's a pretty quiet uh, dirt racing day here around the country. And in saying that, the only thing on the streaming schedule today is Flow Racing 24-7. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Have a good Tuesday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.